WGNS Murfreesboro, W270AF Murfreesboro, W263AI Murfreesboro, Smyrna. The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. This is a WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now your host, Scott Walker. Right now that time, 8.15, you're listening to WGNS again on this Monday morning, today the 29th of August. And today in studio with us this morning from Adams Place, Marcy Richmond and Robert Adams. How are both of y'all doing this morning? We're good. doing great. Well, good. Doing great, Scott. <clears throat> Appreciate being here. <laughs> and a big event is coming up, the uh, 25th anniversary of Adams Place, which is on Memorial Boulevard here in Murfreesboro. And there's a lot of history there, more than more than just Adams Place. You've got, uh, you know, a network of, of homes all across the state. I, I guess first, let's hear a little bit about the background and, and how all of this started. Well, I'll talk about that first, Marcy, and then you can jump in. Uh, my father, Dr. Carl Adams, was a local physician here in Murfreesboro, and he came to Murfreesboro back in the end of 1948-49 with Dr. S.C. Garrison. They'd become friends in Nashville, and so they decided they would move to Murfreesboro and start a medical practice. And they moved in and started the Murfreesboro Medical Clinic down on Front Street. And um, shortly thereafter, they purchased some land over across from what was the old Rutherford Hospital, on 410 North University and built the larger Murfreesboro Medical Clinic. And uh, of course, Dr. Tenpenny was there. Dr. Jim Garrison came in, SC's brother and so forth. And really it was just, uh, dad was practicing medicine and going along, but they developed this company called Rutherford Properties Inc. And Rutherford Properties Inc. began buying different real estate throughout uh, Murfreesboro, Rutherford County, and also, you know, Smithville Hospital and some different things. It's interesting. When you look at history in Murfreesboro, there's so much of it. I mean, for example, you talked about Murfreesboro Medical Clinic, which has grown exponentially with locations now, well, multiple places in Murfreesboro. Um, And then you have NHC. I mean, there's just so much growth here in our community. and, and, And a lot of the medical side of it can be traced back, you know, in your family and through your family, which is really neat. Well, they were involved, and of course, Dad will tell you, you know, you can't do anything. It took a, a lot of help. He had uh, two good friends that came to Murfreesboro about the same time, which we all remember. Dick LaRoche, a local attorney and judge, and then Whitney Stegall. They came together out of uh, Bandy, and they became friends. So Dad and Dr. Garrison and Dick LaRoche and, and, um, and Whitney became good friends, and of course, they lived, the LaRoches lived around the corner from the Adams, and the LaRoches had four girls, and we had five boys, so you can imagine we were all good friends. <laughs> but it, 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 These are, you know, some of the pioneers of, of who shaped Murfreesboro. Well, at that point in time, there, was about, there wasn't quite 10,000 people when we came to Murfreesboro, so it wasn't a very large, a large area at that time. You know you put, put in pretty much everyone. But anyway, uh, so Dad was just practicing medicine, and then Medicare came into being in, in 60, I think it was 64, 
Title 18, and then Title 19, Medicaid came in in 65, and that kind of created the healthcare boom, if you will. And HCA was formed in Nashville. You had Dr. Frist and Jack Massey. They started HCA. And there was Humana started up in Louisville, Kentucky. So a lot of this was going on. Hospital affiliates started in Nashville with Jack Massey. And there was a company in, in Nashville called Healthcare Inc. And they approached Dad about buying Rutherford Properties Inc. So they, they came to Carl Adams, your father, right. and talked about buying this company out of Nashville. That's correct. And so Dad said, well, I'll have to, it's a partnership. So he had to go to all the physicians to get them to agree to it. But they finally agreed, and they traded in, you know, their ownership for stock in Healthcare Inc., and anyway, uh, Dad was in there a couple of years. He became chairman of the board of Healthcare Inc., but really still practicing medicine full-time. And he determined that, hey, this company is doing as well as I thought it was going to do. I better get my investors their money back and get out of here. So he went and tried to buy back the stock of, of Rutherford Properties, Inc., back and give it back to the physicians. And in doing so, about that same time, Healthcare Inc. was negotiating with hospital affiliates. And they said, well, Dr. Adams, the only way you're going to be able to recover Rutherford Properties, Inc. is you're going to have to buy these 16 nursing homes. So Dad said, well, if that's what i got to do, that's what I'll do. So long story short, they worked through it, worked out all the details. Dad tells the story that he called his friend Dick LaRoche, asked him to do the legal work. And Dick said, Carl, I don't want to get involved in all that. My son's getting out of Vanderbilt. How about I let Ted LaRoche take this on? Well, of course, Ted came on and stayed with NHC for 30 years and was our corporate counsel and just put it together and took three companies public and just a remarkable individual. But he came and helped and got it all together. And the long and the short of it is, on June 23, 1971, we closed we had to put up $500,000 worth of cash. That's it, to, to buy all this. And this was in 1971? 1971. And we were short on the cash, Ted says. Ted says that the, uh, that the uh, legal was, uh, was ahead of the cash. But anyway, we finally raised $500,000. And um, that's how NHC got its start in 1971. So that $500,000 back then in 1971, that went to purchase roughly 16 nursing homes. Well, the whole, the entire deal was $11,750,000. But debt was like seven, seven, seven to $8 million. Mm -hmm. And then they took shares of hospital affiliate stock, but the actual cash that had to be put up was $500,000. So anyway, it was it was an interesting time to say the least. I was in the military, Scott, at that time, and I had no no clue. So and my I, wife is sitting here, and we came home, and and uh, Dad put me in the car and drove me around to some of these homes. And when I came home, and I told my wife, I said, "Boy, Daddy's got himself in a mess." <laughs> so how old were you at the time, and and when you came home to learn about all this, were you home for Christmas, for Thanksgiving, or were you still active duty, and were you headed back to be in the military? What no, was going I, on? I was out of the military. I got out on May 10th, 1971, and uh, uh, Dad was at that time a sort of closing. I tell Suzanne, he went down to uh, Nashville and took me in his office, had this big office, beautiful office, Marcy, you, know, you can imagine. 
And then he showed me where he was going in the old Quonset hut, and they started off <laughs> back of the medical clinic and all of yeah. that. And I thought, wow, man, I hope they, hope they make it. <laughs> the mighty have fallen. But anyway, <laughs> that's how men AC got it started. He did all the financial. He had Andy look at it. My brother Andy was working for a company called Davison White. And uh, they did all the accounting looked at it. And the story is that Andy told Daddy that it won't work. And Daddy said, well, that's what I thought too, but we're going to do it anyway. So, <laughs> so fast forward the years. And today, how many nursing homes, senior living homes, and all of that are, are under NHC? Well, of course, I've been retired now for six years almost. But um, they have 75 health care centers, about 11,000 beds, 10 states. They have, uh, I believe it's, it's 24 uh, uh, home care agencies and 28 assisted livings, uh, independent retirement communities. I think there's six of them. And the new field that really NAC has gotten into in the last few years is behavior health. We're doing some development in that. So this all formed between relationships, doctors, friends, between Nashville and Murfreesboro in the 1970s, really started forming before that. But uh, the company came together throughout the area, Middle Tennessee, because of relationships and, and grew to what it is today. And the interesting thing that I always found fascinating with NHC, I understand, if I'm not mistaken, all the properties are paid for. There's no loans there in order to pay for the different nursing homes and assisted living homes and so forth. Yes, NHC is, is a debt-free company. You don't we're, find that much. Yeah, we're a public company. We went public 1981. And then we spun off the first-rate National Health Investors in 1991. And then in 97 or 98, we spun off another rate, National Health Realty, which we sub subsequently uh, bought back in. But, yeah, doing it all, we've had to borrow a lot of money, but we've paid it back, and we're debt-free right now. So it's, that's a nice place to be. Now, it's interesting, your father, Dr. Carl Adams, uh, even though he earned the or, or he uh, owned the 16 different nursing homes and everything, he always had a vision for having a, a really nice standalone upscale assisted living senior living community. And, and at what point was that decision made to, to actually build one right here in Murfreesboro in his own backyard? Well, we in, in the early to mid 80s, we did a development in Nashville called Richland Place. And it was, the, it was where the old Richland Place golf course used to be. Uh, and it was our first continuing care re, uh, retirement community. And uh, we set up a 501c3 and NHC developed it and put it together and then, then we took over the management of it. And doing that, it worked out pretty good and got it going and so forth. And we thought, hey, we ought to do something like this in our hometown. This is where we're located in Murfreesboro. We're from Murfreesboro. And so we said, hey, let's, let's, let's look around and see where we could find some property. And we wanted to go several locations, but the one we really liked was out Memorial, out that, out that direction. Of course, at that time, it was mostly farmland. There wasn't a lot of development. But my brother Andy lived out there, and Andy had this farm, and he said, well, guys, if, if y'all will, if y'all want to, I'll, I'll sell you this property. 
And so uh, you can imagine that negotiation. Uh, <laughs> a lot of blood was shed, but we did get it purchased. <laughs> Andy, I hope you're not listening to this. <laughs> but we did. And then Marcy came on board, and she can tell you we hired her to really – she had to come in and put it together and kick it off and, and bring all the pieces and, and actually get it started. Again with us this morning, we have Marcy Richmond and Robert Adams. And I guess when you look at the landscape across the country of nursing homes, senior living communities, assisted living homes, because there's so many different names out there. When did, I guess, when did the idea of building a place where folks could retire but have independent living, when did that come about? Because it used to be, at least in my memory, only nursing homes. So at what point did things change in the medical community? Did they say, you know, hey, let, let's try this new approach? Well, when, when I came to work at NHC, you didn't hardly have an RN even working in the nursing home. You had LPNs primarily, and you had maybe one person who was the activities director, the social worker, uh, maybe looked over dietary, probably took care of housekeeping. It was just a different world than it is today. Uh, Dad um, uh, almost immediately determined that we were going to start providing Medicare. So when you got into Medicare, which is the federal program for people over the age of 65 and with disabilities for two years and end-stage renal disease so forth, you have to meet certain requirements that are more restrictive than in just a typical, if you will, nursing home. So we started doing that and bringing in registered nurses, registered dietitians. In 74, we started bringing in therapists, physical, occupational, speech therapists, and developed the programs and went forward and so forth. Then Dad hired someone and we started doing um, um, patient assessment. I can't think what they call it now, minimum data set, but patient assessment way before it was done in the, in the, anywhere else in the, in the country. But we just we were kind of forward thinking of it all, and then I would say, really after ten years, uh, probably eighty two to eighty three, we said, hey, maybe we can advance into some of these other things. You know, we, we were so the first year when we closed our statements at the end of year one, we had fifty six dollars of cash. <laughs> so every week you would get a call, how are we going to cover payroll? Send us cash from here. What? And I'll, I'll say for a long time they were sending cash to me to help me cover, so I could appreciate sending it back. But that's the way you had to do to get by, you know, when you were starting off. But uh, then we said, we'll get into this, and so we started doing assisted living. And then about the time Marcy came on, we said, hey, we've got this continuing, and dead, dead mom was pushing it. And then dad died before we got Adam's place up and going, but... He thought we needed to have one here in Murfreesboro and that that's where we were going. So that's how we, we got there and just the steps so forth. So, Marcy, this uh, coming up in September, which we're right around the corner from, Adams Place in Murfreesboro is celebrating 25 years. And we opened in phases, Scott. Uh, the first phase to open was the assisted living in the health care center and followed about a little over a year later by the independent living. And I was hired initially to do marketing both for independent and for assisted living. We had a little sales office on Heritage Park Drive. 
and we had a great big old scale model of what what independent living was going to look like so we were you know showing people little areas and here's going to be the swimming pool and da 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 um one lady chose her apartment based on the fact that she could see whoever came in the front drive <laughs> and i'm just telling you she knew what i had on before i walked in the office every day <laughs> but anyway i digress <laughs> uh, i would take people up to richland place to show them the real thing let them kind of kick the tires of, of what it would be like and and the residents up there were some of our best salesmen you know because they'd stop me in the hallway and introduce themselves to whoever i was showing around so um, we were in the, in the sales office for a year and a half or so, and then Independent Living opened in the fall of 98. Assisted had opened in 97. At that point, they had their own marketing director. And uh, it was just an evolution, and it was a long time in educating people as to what this product was. Um, people didn't even really know what assisted living was at that point, at least in our community. And so you had to show them the difference between independent and assisted. And um, we needed, the reason that independent opened a little bit later was we needed a, a certain number of people in order for them to go forward with the construction. And we got that, and so we opened, and um, the rest is history. But um, it's, that has been since 1998. And I'm not there anymore, I'm retired too, but every time I, drive by it puts a smile on my face because the mm -hmm. the memories there and the people i got to deal with were just fantastic of course my mother was out there and oh, then one of my favorites and, and marcy's father was mm -hmm. my parents her both, parents yeah, both were there actually moved in. Yeah. and i you know one time i was chatting with them as we were going through the development of the thing and um they'd heard me talk about it so much they said well we want to see richland place i said okay well we'll go one day and i just thought they were just being kind uh -huh. no we really want to see richland place <laughs> so i took them up there and they signed up too so it was great <laughs> so I, i'm curious at, at what point were you know assisted living assisted living homes across the state at what point did people actually I guess come to better understand what that was versus what they knew as a nursing home. <clears throat> well, the, you know, assisted living is is uh, it's kind of choice driven. Uh, healthcare, I'd say seventy percent of it's paid by either Medicare or Medicaid. Or people do now. There's long-term care policies and private insurances and different things. But most of it is paid by an outside source. Whereas on assisted living, it's paid almost entirely out of pocket. Mm -hmm. So people go to assisted living, they, they wait until the need is present, but they don't really need the healthcare service. They still have to be able to get around and do some things and so on and so forth. Whereas in independent living, it's just like moving into a, a condo or an apartment yep. complex or something. You drive your own car. You come and go. I mean, you're totally independent. Was this something that was being done in other parts of the country, you know, years and years ago? Or was it something that kind of slowly started happening in the late 80s? Well, it all started in the 80s. I mean, it, it had different, you had different sales of the country that would try different things. Mm -hmm. And there were different ways to do it. But... One is, uh, as we all know, as you get older, you become more protective of your finances and your resources because you're limited in, in your income and different things. 
So to move into an independent, it's a big step. Yeah. And like Marcy, I'm sure we'd have to sit down and show them how if you're not paying utilities and you're not paying insurance and you're not having to worry about somebody coming in repairing your home and you're getting your meals here and there's a health care component that's attached to the independent living when you move in that, hey, you're just as well off or better off to be here. And but, I was going to say, over these years from the 1970s forward, medicine kept getting better and better. So people were living longer correct. and there were new needs out there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and just the companionship is, is so strong and people don't realize until they move in mm-hmm. that maybe they were lonely in their home, yes. you know, because they had lost a spouse or whatever. And they come in and it's, you know, party city. Well, not quite. But there's so many activities and just getting to know people over a meal the way we do with our friends every day um, just means so much to their peace of mind and, and confidence and happiness. We were over there the other night, a couple of weeks ago, Marcy. Suzanne and I went over, and they had a dance that evening, 60s music, 50s, 60s. All right. And, you know, it was packed. Yeah. And I said, you know, you put an open bar out there, you'll pack that place. <laughs> but, uh, but everybody, and I thought, you know, it would be, uh, I can see why people would get depressed in their homes sure. when they're by themselves. And it's just they're one big happy family. It's amazing. Uh-huh. You know, when you look back to, let's say, the 1960s and the early 70s, you did have a lot of people out there who, you know, their, their loved one, their spouse would pass away and they would literally live on their own the rest of their life inside of, you know, the house that they first bought when they first got married. Of course, a couple of things have happened, Scott, since then. One is the demographics have changed. You know, you used to have like maybe six, seven percent over 65, age 65. And Florida used to be the highest state in the country at 11 percent. Today, countrywide, we're over 11 percent. So you have more people aging in place. Secondly, you have more of the uh, female uh, uh, workforce that's out there. You know, when my when we were children, my mother, my grandmother came and lived with us for a while, and then my father's mother lived with us for a while and ultimately she ended up when i'm going to the nursing home the other one died but today you don't see as much because both 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 people are working the the wife and the husband have jobs and are very often scattered far away from their exactly Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's amazing how over the years (laughs) how spread out families have become compared to like in the 1960s, the Leave it to Beaver shows, you know, mm-hmm. that yeah. life isn't like that mm-hmm. anymore. No, not yeah. at all. Mm-hmm. And also, there's no question that when the government starts providing financial support, regardless of what program it is, people are going to utilize it more. And the government provided that support, and all, really, it was good that they did. You know, they came along later, I think it was started doing home care, another great service that the government supports where people can stay in their homes longer and, and receive home care. But when the government stepped in, they put more regula- regulations on it. So hopefully the, the services in the home are even better protected mm-hmm. because those, if you don't have somebody looking after it, you can have you know, things going on there that, that aren't what you want. We're going to take a short break, but when we come back, we will talk even more about 
the birth of Adam's Place here in Murfreesboro and the growth of Adam's Place and that 25th anniversary. So make sure you stay with us. Again, our guest today, we have Robert Adams and also Marcy Richmond, and Susan Adams is with us as well. Time right now, 8.38, and we will be right back right after this short break. Hi, this is Dan Mitchell at Music World and Drummer's Den, Murfreesboro, Tennessee. We have an excellent sound room with good acoustics if you want to try out any guitar in the store, if you've got a perfect place to listen to it, compare them side by side, see how the neck feels to your hand, which is important to a guitar player. We have keyboards to play, a room in the back for drums to give a run through with cymbals, snares, whole sets. Come in Music World and Drummer's Den and try out before you buy it. Music World and Drummer's Den. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website, and Alexa, or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. The government just passed a law to right their wrong with the toxic water at Camp Lejeune. It's a complicated process. If you or someone you know was diagnosed with cancer or another serious condition due to toxic water exposure called Dudley DeBosier, we understand the urgency. We're filing claims this week to make sure our government follows through with its promise to make this right. Don't get left out. Call Dudley DeBosier and let someone serve you for a change. For more information, visit ddhelps.com. ddhelps.com. Is your job recession-proof? Now might be the perfect time to switch careers and become an IT professional with My Computer Career. IT is listed as one of the top recession-proof professions. You could have your dream job in just months, not years. No experience needed. Take classes online or on campus. And financial aid is available to those who qualify, including the GI Bill. Go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation. It's not rocket science. It's mycomputercareer.edu. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Right now that time, 8.40, you're listening to WGNS again on this Monday morning, today, the 29th of August, and we're talking a little bit about Adam's Place and some of the medical history of Murfreesboro and our guest Marcy Richmond and Robert Adams both talking about that this morning and I, I guess going back to that development of a campus here in Murfreesboro Adams Place which which was more than I guess what people knew as a nursing home because it became assisted living independent living um, it, it was something new for this area whenever it first opened. So I guess, Marcy, going back to that opening day where you had to explain to people what this was, did, did they really grasp it in the beginning? Some did and some didn't. Uh, repetition, you know, it, it just is very, very necessary to, to get the point across. And, you know, you answer questions a million times and... I learned things along the way because people would question the contract. I was telling Robert during the break, Dr. Garrison and his wife moved in a little bit after our folks did. Um, but he went over that contract with a fine tooth comb and made me understand it better. And, you know, we clarified it for people going forward. But yeah, we had different floor plans. So there were different sizes they could choose from, which also meant there was a different price point when they were buying in for independent living. Um, and we even had a team of interior designers from NHC who would come in and offer 
color palettes, wallpaper options, and that sort of thing. So it was fun for especially the ladies to come in and pick out what they want their kitchen to look like and all that sort of thing. It was a lot of fun, but it did take a lot of explaining. <laughs> so when, when opening uh, assisted living places, did you, uh, Robert, or did you have to travel around the country to see what other you know, companies were doing to get an idea of how you're going to do it locally and how you're going to start this? Yeah, and, and uh, of course, I worked as an administrator administrator most of the departments in the healthcare centers as I was growing up and uh, uh, I guess it was 83 I took over development for the company and at that time you know we probably had 13 14 projects going on all the time so I was constantly traveling anytime somebody would come up with a quote new idea I would go and look at it and come back and we would try to decide is this what we want to do is this practical does it make sense you know, what are the financial ramifications? Is this what the elderly population really wants? Also, Scott, one thing that we did, which was very helpful, was every time we build a new center, we would have the administrator and director of nursing and anyone else who wanted, they would send us uh, what they would change, what we could improve and do. Mm -hmm. And we required the administrator to send us 10 thoughts. And then we would try to incorporate what we felt was good. Good examples like Richland Place. Marcy mentioned her parents at Richland Place. We built Richland Place and we built one kitchen that did the independent living, it did the health care, and it did the assisted living. Well, when we went out to Adams Place, we decided that was too much. And Adams Place has a separate offering for the independent living. They got their separate, you know, they're getting a much more upscale kind of meal and all. Of course, they paid for it, but they're getting it. And then we have uh, one kitchen for the assisted living and health care assisted living on one side um, health care on the other side and it works out great that way but we've learned in how to put them in and where to put just all the little things in the bathrooms how they work mm -hmm. how the doors swing everything you want to do we change it all the time and and, and we uh, have annual meetings with the health care associations and at that time we you know rub shoulders with our peers and our peers and we discuss what you're doing, what we're doing, what's working, what's not working. We started off at Adams Place when Marcy was there. Uh, we were selling the units. You had to buy your unit, and you bought your unit. Then when you left, they sold it, and you got, uh, I think, 80 or 90 percent back. 90 back. And then you got an ups. You got the after you got the original amount came. Then you got part of the ups upside of it. But anyway, now they do a lot of rentals. Today the markets changed, people. Mm -hmm. They, they want to do rentals. So we're doing more and more rentals. So, you know, you have to change with what the market wants and what they do. But when you when you buy in, you get a little more of a uh, health care benefit down the road. I think y'all got 360 days or whatever it was. I can't remember, Marcy. Yeah. Of health care that was paid for after you'd been there, I think, six months or three months or something. You had to be there. So we change it. We're constantly changing and looking and doing it differently. I'm, I'm curious, over the years, as you're developing uh, new properties all across the country, I, I, what were some of the more interesting places where you ended up developing a new property? Well, I, you know, Florida. <laughs> Every county in Florida is different. It's like, uh, it's like you've got, you know, 50 Williamson counties over there. They want everything done a certain way and they change and do and you buy and you go in and 
they have a lot of different uh, uh, environmental requirements and everything. Today they're putting in a lot of what they call retention ponds and holding ponds. Back then they, they were not common. Today uh, you pretty much see them everywhere, but Florida you had to do it everywhere. And when you bought land, <laughs> it always blew my mind. You'd have to give enough land to the county before they would uh, approve your land, those sort of things. And in Florida, you had to start construction within 12 months. You had to have a foundation, which, you know, you had to buy the property, get it all done, get your plans approved, go through zoning, da 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 It was very time-consuming to get it all done. They're probably one of the hardest states we, we, we had to deal with. Tennessee was always a pretty good state to work in. Uh, Missouri was a little different. In the Northeast, we've done some developments in the Northeast. Uh, they really have been not too bad to work with. So uh, over these years, did you find yourself in front of city council members, county commission members all across the state and other cities and other oh states? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I came to appreciate Rutherford County. Yeah, yeah I bet. I bet. <laughs> we don't realize, yeah. seriously, we don't realize how, how good leadership we've always had in Rutherford County. You know, Mayor Jackson, Reeves, Tommy Bragg, Ernest Burgess, who still serves on our board now, was mayor here. But, you know, we've been just very blessed in the leadership we've had in our commissioners and so forth. They're reasonable people. They try to do the right thing for the city and the county. But at the same time, they say, hey, we, we've got to move forward. We've got to be forward thinking and, and realize that these developments are going to have to be done. So uh, that's good. Some places you go, they just, I mean... Uh, it's unbelievable. I'll tell you this quick story. My dad, when, when they were building the Merceboro Medical Clinic, they were going to build it out on University Street. Uh, he couldn't get it approved because all the neighbors were up in arms that they're going to do this development. And so uh, he, he went to meet before the council, so on and so forth. And uh, C.B. Huggins owned a, the, the house there right beside the hospital. And uh, he said, Carl, you're just, you're destroying all our property values. You know, everybody, you're destroying the values, da, 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 And Daddy said, well, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll just buy your house. You give me a price on it. He gave him a price. He said, okay. And so he bought that house for $24,000. <laughs> and that's where we moved, and that's where we lived beside the hospital. Mm -hmm. But when he did that, it kind of got it to where we could go on and develop it and move in. But, you know, you can appreciate these neighborhoods. They don't want anyone coming in and, and, and destroying their neighborhood and their way of life, so to speak. But at the same time, if you, if you build a house around a hospital, medical community is gonna come. It's just part of it. Hey, over these years, the price of land for one and the cost of building has gone up tremendously. Uh, cost of medical care has gone up tremendously as well. How did you go about fitting everything into budget each new opening? Well, I, you, you just have, that's what we do. We run, you know, we, each time we do what we call a pro forma. And you'd have to show the land and the things. So reimbursement back in the early, well, really until around 2000, Medicare's reimbursement was what they call retrospective. And Medicare would pay your property components to a large degree. Um, and so there was a lot of construction and development going on, and you could get your property a large portion of it covered by Medicare. They changed that in 2000. So today, 
it's much more difficult and development is slowed down probably a third of what it was before 2000. Again this morning we have Robert Adams talking about not only Adams Place but NHC and the growth of the medical community here locally and really nationwide and Marcy Richmond with us as well. Uh, but things have definitely changed over the years to say the least and what is it today that people are looking for when they retire as far as moving out of the home that maybe they've been in for the last 30 or 40 years what are they looking for today well of course everybody's different and and some people want to stay in that home until until the feet go out first as they say um <laughs> but uh, you know they're looking for that community a lot of times they're looking for um the reassurance, even if you're in independent living, you have a button you can push if you get into a situation in your apartment, you fall and can't get up, whatever the situation might be, there's someone at the front desk 24-7 to respond to your needs. Um, and th that's a huge peace of mind. Um, and the meals with, with their contemporaries uh, is not only social, but again, part of that peace of mind, Every, people are laying eyes on you at least once a day and know that you're okay. Um, and and the activities, the acti activities are terrific. Yeah, I'll tell you another big change is the, uh, the tech world. Uh, in, oh, all gosh, of, yes. in all of our homes now, we've had to go back and incorporate uh, uh, Wi-Fi. We've put in you know, large screen TVs. Back when I started, if you wanted TV in your room, which was probably 18 inches uh -huh. if you got a yeah. big one and today uh you you had to bring it in but today we've got them in every room the large screen tvs putting in wi-fi of course the telephones are not near as prominent as they used to be because everybody has a cell phone and that's what they want to use but uh it's it's a different world from from what you expected you know back in the 70s and 80s and 90s to people today they want it they want it now yeah most of the seniors are tech savvy it. and security like you were saying mm -hmm. is a biggie mm -hmm. when you go into the retirement community and knowing you know dad used to always say guys you can plan your life or somebody will plan it for you that's right and, Your uh, mother gave me some of the best marketing <laughs> lines that I ever used. You know, don't you want to make these decisions instead of your children making them for you? That take she off gave on me that. some of the best backhands I ever used. <laughs> <laughs> no, she was not a really. delight. And she would sneak. Don't, Mom, that, I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> there was a back entrance to my office from the back hallway. And whenever she had something she just wanted to talk to me about, she didn't want anybody to see her coming in from the front. So she'd sneak in the back and there'd be this little tap on my door and, and she would come and she was just always so wonderful so upbeat and happy it was a pleasure to have her there but there's a lot of peace of mind yes huge. of knowing that when you're in a community that if i get sick or if i have a fall or you know a stroke or a life stroke i can i i can my spouse can stay here i can go over here and be taken care of i can go back into assisted living hopefully work my way back in the independent but I don't have to go through all of the decision-making process of where am I going to go, how am I going to get in, who's going to take care of me, is there going to be a bed available. You know, that's pretty much taken care of when you agree to go into the continuing care mm -hmm. retirement community. Hey, I know one of the big changes I've seen over the years would be the meals because at one point it went from, well, patients in nursing homes, they're served, you know, in their room, and that's that. And then you had 
the opening of cafeterias within nursing home communities. And then shortly after that, we see what looks to be a five-star restaurant pretty much facilities. is yeah it it, pretty much is yeah that that's been a major change mm-hmm. and and you know assisted living homes independent living homes they're hiring even top-notch sometimes world-renowned chefs mm-hmm. to come in plan menus and and organize the kitchen you're right and and um the the residents come to look upon the staff as their family mm-hmm. you know extension of their family grandchildren whatever and we had a chef at Adams Place who only retired about a year or two ago that had been there almost the entire time that Adams Place has been open. Uh, he retired, moved to Florida, and everybody was just broken up. Couldn't couldn't stand the thought of it. But you know, life goes on, and I'm sure they've got someone great in place right now. But the food has always been a real draw. We'd always bring somebody when, for lunch if they were touring, just so they I could bet. sample. When I started, you had one. You had a dietitian that came to your center one day for eight hours a month that was it today nhc is the only long-term care company in the country that is approved by the american dietetic association to train registered dietitians wow so they can go and they can sit for the day and they can become registered dietitians and so we've tried to have registered dietitians in every home now and it it makes a big difference because Mm -hmm. the meal time as marcy said that's one of the most important times mm-hmm. for whether you're a patient in healthcare, an assisted living, or a um, independent living. That that meal time is important, and it's important to the families because oh, that's gotcha. yeah. that's one of those times where you have you know your grandson, your granddaughter come and visit you, and you know years ago when I was a kid, I couldn't imagine going to eat at, at a, a senior living home, you know. Mm-hmm today it's it's totally different mm-hmm. yes yeah. it is and that, that's a, a grandparents proudest moment when they're bringing their grandchildren yeah. in to yeah. show them off yeah. <laughs> and again adam's place here in murfreesboro on memorial boulevard turning 25 years old and and that was robert that was one of your dad's dreams to have this upscale facility for seniors in the community to call home it was dad wanted to get it built he wanted it to have it ready for him and mom to move in and he didn't quite make it, but mom moved in and she used every level. That's right. That's she right. She used it, the uh-huh. continuing care, the assisted living, and the health care. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I know there's other facilities across the nation that have things like indoor pools at their senior <laughs> communities. Uh, that was something new, I think, whenever Adam's Place opened theirs. Yes, it was very, very new, very um, much a selling point. The, the water aerobics program there has always been extremely popular with the residents male and female i mean swimming is so good for your Mm -hmm. health in so many ways that's right if you suffer from arthritis i mean it's just great Mm -hmm. for a lot of people and they have an exercise instructor who comes in several days a week too Mm -hmm. and does floor exercises and chair exercises and all kinds of things like Mm -hmm. that well, uh, what's the girl's name over there that did the water aerobics? I uh, can't think of her name. Mary, Mary Edith, Edith McFarland, Tommy Martin's daughter, did the water aerobics for years. She now she's living there. Yeah, now she's living there. <laughs> and she's still doing it. She still does it, but she doesn't teach them all the time now, but yeah. she goes still. Yeah. She was telling me, yeah. But that's interesting. Andy was insistent on putting in the pool, and it was the right idea. It was a huge expenditure. Yeah and the upkeep of a pool and maintaining a pool and that sort of thing. But it's one of those things that definitely, today if you were building one, you'd absolutely not even think twice you're gonna have to put it in. 
So he yeah. had a good yeah. foresight in that. Soda shop. Soda yeah. shop there as well, so like milkshakes. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and, All and, kinds of great sandwiches. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. And, and we're going to talk, I think, more about this later this week or, or next or week. I don't remember. Week. And, and yeah. they have a week full of activities planned to celebrate the anniversary. And I think Steve will talk about yeah. some of that. And that's right around the corner. That's right. The yeah. week of the 12th. Okay. Week of the 12th. Yeah. And again, with us this morning, we have Marcy, Marcy Richmond, Robert Adams, and his wife, Susan. And uh, again, thank you all for joining us this morning. Thank you for thank having you us. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Time right now, 8.59. That's going to do it for this morning's show. We have more news coming your way next. What were you doing 25 years ago? Jenny May and Dr. Carl Adams dreamed of a beautiful tree-filled campus for senior citizens. On Friday, September 16th, that dream celebrates 25 years. Come to Adams Place and enjoy games for kids and adults, entertainment and food trucks. It's free. Friday, September 16th at Adams Place. 1927 Memorial Boulevard, across from Walmart. If you're looking for an authentic relationship with financial experts who genuinely care about your unique needs, Capstar Bank is for you. Capstar Bank is dedicated to the people of this community. Capstar Bank wants to help you reach your financial goals. Because at Capstar Bank, you matter to us. Capstar Bank. 2230 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard, capstarbank.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender.